Hello, I'm Charles Curvis, Australasia's passion provocateur. Welcome to this week's episode of The Charles Curvis Show. In this week's show, the big idea is to understand the difference between globalization and globalism and the profound impacts these dif- the differences between these two ideas can have on your life, your health, your freedoms, your future, and your children's futures. These are crucial concepts to understand and make important distinctions about. This weekly show is founded on the formula SA plus P equals S, self-awareness plus passion equals success. Your self-awareness tied in with your passion will give you a successful life. Since 1993, when I left a legal career that I loved, I have been provoking, educating, inspiring audiences through workshops, speeches at conferences, one-on-one coaching, group coaching, to live life with passion, to raise self-awareness. And I have written two books, Passionate People Produce and Passionate Performance, that help people more deeply understand why passion is such an amazing resource. This show is also guided by Socrates' famous quote, the unexamined life is not worth living. So I hope I provoke you to examine your life in ever more detail. You can see I'm wearing my red jacket. My red is the colour of passion jacket. So when you see something bright red, it becomes a reminder to you to ask the question, am I pursuing my passion? Am I working on finding my passion? Many people say they don't know what their passion is. We have lots of resources to help you to do that. Each week I share one big idea because I don't want to share too many ideas, too many ideas and we get confused. It's like going to the supermarket and trying to pick yogurt out of too many choices. In the end, you don't know what to choose. In this show, I don't aim to be politically correct. I aim to speak what's true for me, what I believe to be true. This show certainly subscribes to the view that we have a soul, a spirit, a heart. My definition of passion is that it's a source of unlimited energy from your soul, your spirit, your heart that enables you to produce extraordinary results. Just imagine having unlimited energy. That's what passion gives you. This show also encourages you to have certain addictions. One of mine, as regular viewers would know, is coffee. So here's to coffee. Here's to drinking great coffee. Although I met one of my friends, Ken, who prefers Makona number 9 instant coffee. That's his preferred coffee out of all of these wonderful coffee machines that we've got. And and indeed, I was going to, one of the elements that arise this week in my review of the week is that is that Julie and I bought a new Nespresso coffee machine. So gosh, more technology. There are 27 types of coffee that we can put into this coffee machine. Again, too many choices. 
we've narrowed, narrowed it down to two choices that we're going to use in this coffee machine, but it gives an amazing result, so we're very excited to have it. Anyway, back to coffee. Back to your addictions, helpful addictions. I'm also addicted to exercise, as you would know. Now, what's happened in the last week? Well, the big news in Melbourne, which was which was the lockdown capital of the planet, now we see other countries in Europe going back into lockdown, we have had a relaxation of lockdown to some degree. The Premier, Daniel Andrews, is under enormous pressure for the lies that he tells, for his alleged inability to remember, and that pressure and the money that I have contributed and others to newspaper advertisements to put the pressure on the government to end the lockdown. Well, it has to some degree, so that's good news. So the the shops are opening up. As I've said before, it is small business that is suffering the most. It is self-employed people who are suffering the most. Big business, politicians, public servants, not one of them has had any significant drop in income. It'll be very instructive to see the impact on the economy of these small businesses. I say that the Labor government in Victoria hates small business. It wants people to be working for big business so the trade unions can have their role in controlling those people. And as you know, I hate being unfairly controlled, inappropriately controlled. Now, One of the things where there wasn't all that much control, of course, was the celebrations of the grand finals. I talked about great teams in last week's episode, but it was terrific to see the AFL team and the NRL teams having these wonderful celebrations following a really troubled season. And that's one of the joys when you win is to celebrate, is to not start worrying about what you've got to do next. Truly embrace the joy of hard work done, then having a wonderful outcome, celebrate, that's a spiritual experience, and then get back into life. I I think I celebrate adequately. Now, the newspapers are already preempting this question around the world of second waves and third waves of this, of this coronavirus. I say that publishing case numbers of people diagnosed with coronavirus is a nonsense. Simply publishing case numbers is a nonsense. I reject it. I want you, if you agree, to write to the newspapers. It means nothing. The World Health Organization says 99.5% of people who are diagnosed with coronavirus have zero symptoms or mild symptoms. Of what relevance are case numbers? What is relevant is how many people have significant symptoms and how many people, how many ICU beds, intensive care unit beds are available. That's what's relevant. The fact that millions of people get a flu-like virus with zero or mild symptoms, and by the way, the case numbers, the PCR test has been proven to be ridiculously inaccurate, 
inadequate, was never designed to diagnose the presence of coronavirus. I read an erudite analysis by an English expert that 89 to 94% of COVID tests are inaccurate. The PCR test does not give you accurate information. And so to then be publishing case numbers and say, oh, case numbers, we've got to shut down again, I reject that nonsense. That's not the test. The test is, can our health system cope? That's the only test. And you can't just look at case numbers in isolation. You must understand how many people in a state or in a country weekly, monthly, annually get sick and die. You must compare those numbers to the usual numbers over the last 10, 20, 30 years. Otherwise, you just go nuts about thinking that there's, you know, one of my friends in Spain rang me to say there's 8,000 cases of COVID. So what? Hardly anybody's in hospital. And then you've got the comorbidity issue for people over 75, over 80, who in many cases have not looked after themselves. And I, I challenge anyone who says, oh, no, you've got to look after these people. No, there's a consequence for not looking after yourself. I look after myself. I spend vast amounts of time, energy, money on my health. So does Julie. I encourage you to, in this show, do not leave your health to the health system. That is a disaster. Of course, during the week, we've been having ever more news about Trump versus Biden, US election. I have my views about that election. You well know it. I am opposed to left-wing socialism, communism. I say Biden is a a pure puppet for socialist tendencies, left-wing tendencies, controlling tendencies in the United States. Is Donald Trump perfect? No. Do I prefer him to Biden? Absolutely. I'm I am absolutely opposed to the to Biden, Kamala Harris. I'll be, my prediction is that Trump will win. When I look at the rallies, I'm amazed at how no one goes to a Biden rally, thousands to a Trump rally. Do your own thinking. That's part of the show. Do your own thinking, encouraging you to do your own thinking. And of course, during the week, I have not forgone my exercise. Every day I have exercised. Julie has done her exercise. I have been careful about what I've been eating, but allowing for my addictions with my coffee. So, you know, the question of whether coffee is good for you, bad for you is like red wine. Is it good for you, bad for you? Hmm, That'll depend on this week's expert who comes out with the next exciting installment of the latest news on what's good for you, what's bad for you. Okay, now let's get to this week's big idea. Before I do, I invite you to subscribe to the podcast, to subscribe to the YouTube channel. It's the same content, but you can watch my red jacket on the YouTube channel. Sign up for Passion Points to Ponder on covest.com or charlescovest.com. Go and visit those two websites. Covest.com is for corporate programs. If you want your team to have an amazing insight into how to become better teams, that's what that's about, and public programs. CharlesCobest.com is about the self-awareness and passion quest. My books are available on the Covest.com website, Passionate People Produce and Passionate Performance. So, 
Today's big idea. What's the difference between globalism and globalization? I love globalization. I am implacably opposed to globalism. Globalization is the cooperation, is the business done between, is the, is the, is the sharing of ideas between nations. Globalism is a move to creating one world government, one global government. I am implacably opposed to that idea. It means the loss of sovereignty of Australia. In Australia, we wouldn't be able to make our own decisions on what we want to do about renewable energy, what we want to do about the way we run the country, what we want to do about education, the content of education, how we want to run our health system, what restrictions we put on people travelling within the country, what values we live by. Australia is a wonderful, wonderful country. I think it's one of the best countries in the world. I want our government, state and federal governments, to be making their decisions not governed by an external body who says you will comply with these rules. In globalism, and there's a big tendency for this, I'm going to point this out to you, globalism is about the idea that we have to sacrifice ourselves for the good of the planet. We need one world body that tells every country what to do for the good of all of us. Globalism, the, the first I read about it, was back in 1972 with David Rockefeller, then the Vice President of the US, the Trilateral Commission. There has been a big push over the 20th century and in the 21st century to, to sell this idea that, gosh, we need to save the planet. To save the planet, we need one world government. And you will have seen recently discussion around the Great Reset. Carl Schwab, the founder of the World Economic Forum, he has come out and written a book about the Great Reset, about how wonderful it is that we're all forced to do to take vaccines, that we're all forced to have our brains monitored for the good of the planet, for the good of all of us. You just think about what that means. And then the media, the mainstream media comes out and says, oh, if you go for the national the national wishes of your country, you are being a nationalist. That is a bad thing to be a nationalist. I say bullshit. It's a good thing to say, I want to live in Australia. I don't want to live in China. I don't want to live life under the Chinese government system. And so if there is one world government being imposed, if, if you say, oh, no, I would much prefer to sacrifice to sacrifice our future so that for the good of the of humanity. Firstly, I say that's a lie. Secondly, who are the people that are going to be making these decisions? And right now we've got the Paris Climate Accord, which is trying to impose rules on countries. We've got the World Health Organization. We've got the United Nations, all unelected bodies. You look at the UK, United Kingdom, stepping out of, stepping out of the EU, and I'm all in favour of that decision because 
the United Kingdom population understood giving away sovereignty is such a price to pay in terms of what life is about. You see, this idea that you and I as human beings don't matter, only the collective matters, is communism, is socialism. The Great Reset is about giving away your individual humanity, your imagination, so that you behave in a way that somebody dictates. And the question that's not answered is, who puts the people in charge? What are they driven by? Who can remove those people? No answers to that question. They're just trying to sell you on this idea of making it better for people. Well, well, I say the world is not in such a shitty space that we have to radically change the way that we behave. And my book of the week is Factfulness by Hans Rosling. Factfulness. And I'll give you one striking idea in this book. Hans Rosling has died. In 1966, 50% of the world's population lived at the lowest level of poverty, of four levels determined by the United Nations. 50%. Today, today, what's the percentage? The answer is 9%. Live at the bottom level, extreme, what's called extreme poverty. We have had such massive improvements of life on this planet, and because of the 24-7 news cycle, you can easily get sucked in by the idea that the world is absolutely stuffed. I say it's not. I say human imagination is simply incredible in its ability to solve problems. We have solved problems. We will continue to solve problems. And so I urge you to start thinking about this question of, do you want one world government or do you want globalization? Do you want globalism or globalization? It will make a difference to what happens in your life. It will make a difference to your children. It there are so many predictions about the restrictions that could be put onto Australians as a consequence of a one world government and every other country that you only have to start thinking about that and going, hmm, how would that be for you? Because in the lo in local municipalities, we get upset when the local council does something stupid. Imagine if there's a global government that says, no, you could only have so much electricity each year, you can only have so much fuel each year, and you basically have to freeze because, no, we're not allowed to use any more energy. That's just one tiny example. And then they'll start to say you have to use genetically modified organisms, organisms in terms of your food, and the health impact on that. And then they'll start to dictate what drugs you will take, what vaccines you will take. Your freedoms get taken away. What it means to be human gets taken away. You just become a cog in an economic machine, which is what the Great Reset is about. I urge you to think about these issues. That's why I've made it a topic today, because I can see more and more conversation in the media about the Great Reset. Do not believe that that is what's going to make life better on this planet. I reject the idea. Hitler tried it in the 1930s, and numerous leaders have tried it since. As you think about this issue, 
I urge you to have the courage to speak up against globalism if you agree with what I'm saying. I urge you to not sit around a dining table and worried that people might be offended by what you say, or they might attack you for thinking how selfish you are that you don't want globalism. It is a big lie that globalism is going to make life better for people on the planet. As I said, we've gone from 50% of the population in extreme poverty to 9%. Since 1966, that's a tiny, tiny short period of time. And I've recently been reading a book all about Prague, the capital of the Czech Republic. Go back and read what life was like a thousand years ago. Of of, of the, the behaviour of kings a thousand years ago. The inconsistent behaviour of kings a thousand years ago. Taking an interest in history will reinforce for you how wonderful life is today and how we have progressed. Have the courage to speak your truth. Now, I've mentioned the book. My quote of the week is by Winston Churchill, and I think Winston Churchill and Donald Trump and the kings that I'm reading about from a thousand years ago all suffer from one condition, namely... They are not perfect human beings. And if you want a perfect human being to be your leader, you will be sadly disappointed. Winston Churchill, I'm a great fan of his. I've read four biographies. He said this, Without courage, all other virtues lose their meaning. Without courage, all other virtues lose their meaning. Worthy of your contemplation, because if you don't have the courage to stand up for the values, the virtues, the ethics and the morals that are important to you, then Churchill says your values, your virtues, your ethics, your morals are meaningless. My health tip for you in these stressful times is to raise your awareness of your stress because the higher your stress the greater is the impact on your physical health. And health is mental, physical, spiritual. But in terms of this body of yours, be aware of how much stress you are imposing on yourself. I think I'll make it an episode, in fact, in due course of what is stress and how to control it. But start with this question of awareness of your stress. One of my favourite mantras is that you can't pull a weed out of your garden until you're aware that it's there. Similarly, you can't handle your stress levels unless you're aware of what your stress levels are. My spiritual tip for you is this. Think about this question. How concerned are you about looking good and being admired? How concerned are you about those two aspects? Part of the, one of the reasons why I asked this question is because it leads you down the road of self-awareness. Gosh, am I more concerned about looking good or having the courage to speak what's true for me about the topics that I raise in this weekly show? Now, In challenging times, we need some innovation. 
So, I want to share a funny story about innovation. A market researcher was going door-to-door asking people about Vaseline. He was retained by Vaseline. Vaseline wanted to do this market research. What, how are people using it? And, and he knocked on this door and a very attractive lady came in with three young children running around. And he said, Madam, you know, can I ask you a couple of questions? Certainly. Do you use Vaseline in this house? Certainly. Can I ask you how you, you know, how you use Vaseline? Certainly, sir. We use it for sex. And the market researcher was a little taken aback. And he said, gosh, you know, we think many people use it for sex, but they're, they're scared to say, do you mind? Do you mind if I ask you precisely how you use it for sex? And the young man said, certainly, we put it on the doorknob of our bedroom. It keeps the kids out. (laughs) I love innovation. All right, we're getting close to the end. Think about how today's big idea may raise your awareness when you see in the paper of globalism versus globalization discussion on TV and think about the way that you want Australia, you want the country in which you live, because we have viewers and listeners from all around the world, how do you think it should go? I again invite you to visit our websites, covest.com, charlescovest.com. Invest in my two books, Passionate People Produce, Passionate Performance. And subscribe to Passion Points to Ponder. I hope you've enjoyed this week's show. If you have, please share it amongst your friends, your network, subscribe. And until next week, I wish you a week of less stress, of more fun, of challenge, of learning, and lots of insight about passion, about your own self, raising your self-awareness, so that when you wake up every morning between now and next week's show, you embrace the day that you've been given and you go woohoo let's go i'll do the same promise you look forward to being with you next week thanks for listening thanks for watching